Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio. We appreciate you sticking with us through the break. In this segment, Atlanta scores some of the matches for the World Cup in 2026. What does that mean for a city like Atlanta? And does a potential recession, which there is a lot of use of the word recession out there in the world today, does that mean there will be a housing crisis? My name is Cleve Gaddis. You're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here where we help listeners Go from real estate novices to experts so home selling and buying can be done with total confidence and without all the worry typical with life's biggest investments. Remember, we want to connect with you. Go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can push back. You can share ideas with us. You can request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight and you can subscribe to our podcast. We would love to have you as a podcast subscriber. Now, I played soccer as a kid right here in Metro Atlanta, but I would lo- I would and I would love to tell you I'm still a, still a huge soccer fan today. I don't pay attention to soccer much. I've been to one Atlanta United match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and it was amazing. I've never seen where an entire entire stadium full of fans stood up the entire game. By the end of the game, I was exhausted, but I had had so much fun, and I had delicious beer and a hot dog, too. So Atlanta scores the World Cup 2026 matches, which should be an economic boon for the Atlanta hospitality industry. Atlanta will be one of the cities throughout North America to host the 2026 FIFAG World Cup matches, once again having the opportunity to play host to the world, sports fans, and tourists. This makes Atlanta, listen to this, only the second U.S. city along with Los Angeles to host both the Olympics and the World Cup matches. Matches will take place in 16 cities throughout North America. The release did not say which matches would be hosted in Atlanta, and it could mean hundreds of millions in revenue for the city. Retailers and restaurants would also get a revenue boost. The highest attended World Cup of all time took place in 1994. And the immediate economic impact will be felt in the hospitality, restaurant, and retail sectors, as I mentioned, throughout North America or throughout all of the locations that will host the World Cup matches. There will be more than $5 billion in short-term economic activity, including $1 billion in pay for temporary workers in the city of Metro Atlanta. It is estimated that there will be a $415 million economic benefit, according to the study. Atlanta's advantage was, I'll give you three words, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, because it gives it an advantage over other cities because the venue has a capacity For over 70,000, one of the largest soccer-ready stadiums in North America. The logistics involved in hosting arguably the most popular single sporting event in the world calls for venues, law enforcement capabilities, hotels within walking distance of the venue, a downtown and dining scene nearby as well. Atlanta has all of those abilities. Plus, more investments are pouring into historic commercial core of downtown Atlanta. Uh, every single year. So it's exciting that Atlanta will be the host to the World Cup. The World Cup is different than the Olympics. It's often equated to the Olympics, a global sporting event that spurred a wave of infrastructure changes around Atlanta in 1996. Those of you who remember the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta, 
are, uh, are uh, you know, remember them, I would imagine, favorably. But modern Atlanta is much different from the one that won the Olympic bid in 1990. The venue for the World Cup matches in 2026 already exists. Almost all of the infrastructure for the Olympics did not exist and had to be built uh, prior to the Olympics. So Atlanta will be the host of some of the matches in the World Cup in 2026. Does the fluctuation in interest rates and the looming thought of a recession get you tied up in knots? Are you feeling overwhelmed that we will have a housing crisis? That's probably not warranted. There's a listener question from Edward and Jefferson. It says, the word recession is very scary to us, and I don't blame you, Edward. The word recession is scary to me as well. We bought our first home a few years after the crash in 2008, and we are worried that we're in for a housing crisis. Is there anything we can do to shield ourselves? And the answer is you need to pay very, very, very close attention to supply and demand. So it is almost impossible for supply to be lower than demand and for a recession, if we have one, and I'm not saying that we will because I'm not an economist, I don't know, I think we might, but the only way real estate prices go down is if we have more supply than we have demand because then sellers have to negotiate more with buyers. Now let's talk about this for just a second. And Edward, here are the numbers that I would use to determine whether or not we were going to have a softening or a decreasing in sales prices. And I would look at the months of inventory. For those of you who listen to the show regularly, you hear me talk about the number of months worth of inventory in a particular market in our neighborhood spotlight segment coming up in the fourth segment, next segment. But let me give you the numbers so you know how to perceive it. If you have less than four months worth of inventory, I say it is a seller's market. Now, what that means is, Edward, if you have, let's say you had 12 homes sold in a neighborhood in the last year, and you currently had two homes on the market. Well, if you take the 12 homes sold and divide it by the 12 months in the last year, you know that there was an average of one home that sold per month. If you have two homes that are currently active and available, it means there is two months worth of inventory, which means both of those homes should be sold within a 60-day period. So if that number is less than four months, then I say it is a seller's market and a seller has an advantage. So even if it was taking 90 days on average to sell a home in those neighborhoods, it would still be a seller's market and prices would still be maybe more slowly, but they would still be continuing to rise. If you have four to five months worth of inventory, I say that is a balanced market. That is when you will really see prices level off. They might just go up 2 or 3% per year, but they will level off because neither a seller nor a buyer has an advantage. Now, a seller with an amazingly good property that is just like an A and everybody loves it, it looks like it was built in 2025 like a house of the future, that one might be worth more money, but your average home out there, neither the seller nor the buyer is going to have a specific advantage when it comes to negotiations. Here's where we get into the problem, and that is when months of inventory climb past five. So when you have six months worth of inventory or seven months worth of inventory or eight or nine or ten months worth of inventory, or as I remember looking up inventory in the million-dollar range back in 2011, and there were literally 
five years worth of inventory. I could not believe it. It was like 48 months worth of inventory. I almost fell out of my chair when I was doing the research. But if you have more than five months worth of inventory, it is a buyer's market, which means the buyers rule the roost. The buyers control the negotiations in terms of home sales. And when that starts to happen, it might be possible that you would see prices slide back ever so slightly. Edward, to cap off this discussion, it is really a matter of not enough homes being built. If you listen to the show regularly, this is not the first time you've heard me say this, but we are probably four or five million housing units behind where we need to be. Traditionally, there's between a million and a million and a half housing units created in the United States. Starting in 2008, everything changed. We probably averaged four or 500,000 new housing units per year from 2008 to 2012, and we still haven't caught up to the units we didn't build in 20, 2008 to 2012, and we certainly haven't kept up with the building that needed to take place each and every year thereafter. So it is simply at this point, Edward, a matter of supply and demand. There are more families, there are more housing families, there are more housing units than there are housing units. There are more housing uh, units of people than there are houses in existence in the United States. And so the only way we're going to get to a point where we start getting a supply and demand imbalance is if new construction <clears throat> skyrockets and the number of housing units in the U.S. climbs quickly. This segment of the show is brought to you by the law firm of O'Kelly and Sorahan. They're a full-service law firm with 25 offices throughout Metro Atlanta. They specialize in residential real estate closings, including home purchases and refinance closings and corporate relocation and title and, and real estate contract review and title insurance matters. They can be reached by calling 770-497-1880, 770-497-1880. Edward, one more piece of information in the last six recessions, prices of real estate have increased in four of the six. In 1980, prices were up 6.1%. 1981, they were up 3.5%. 1991, they were down 1.9%. So that's the first time down. 2001, they were up 6.6%. 2008, they were down 19.7% for the year. That's a big deal right there. And I know that's what scares us all. And in 2020, they were up 6% during what we called a recession at the beginning of the pandemic. If you're looking to sell your home now or any time in the next three to six months, we believe we can sell your house for $28,000 more than your neighbor sold their house for. And people all the time say, well, exactly how are you going to do that? Well, we're going to do two things for you that I don't believe anybody else in Metro Atlanta will do. Number one, we're going to provide you not with an appraisal, not with a broker price opinion, not with a broker marketing analysis, but we're going to provide you with a customized maximum value plan. It is proprietary. It's exclusive to us, and it is a unique way of looking at value. So it has the ability, that process has the ability to uncover value that other people might not see in your home based on the way we gather comps, based on the way we categorize the comps as A's, B's, C's, all of that. So I think you would be fascinated if you were to give us a try. Also, it comes with up to a $15,000 rehab and refresh budget where we will spend up to $15,000 preparing your home for sale and collect that money back at closing with no additional fees. If you want to learn more, to go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S, radio.com. Click on sell for 28000 more. Put in a little bit of information. we got to take a quick break, but when we come back in our neighborhood spotlight, Townsend Creek and Swanee, 
how you appeal your tax assessment, and can you use gift funds for a home purchase? We've got those subjects and more. Stick with us. We'll be back.